Talk about sticker shock. If your smartphone, laptop, dishwasher, or dryer breaks, you could be floored by how much it will cost to fix it, and your options of where to get that repair work done may be limited to the manufacturer or one of its authorized repair shops. You bought that product. Shouldn't you have the right to decide how to fix it? I'm Herb Weisbaum, the Consumer Man, a contributing editor at Checkbook.org. Welcome to Consumerpedia at Checkbook.org. We're the nonprofit that helps consumers select services, avoid trouble, and save money. Because we don't accept any advertising or take money from any business we recommend, you can rely on Checkbook.org to be completely independent and objective. Now, here's the host of Consumerpedia, America's consumer expert, the consumer man, Herb Weisbaum. Many manufacturers restrict your ability to fix their appliances in high-tech electronics yourself or at an independent repair shop. Consumer advocates claim these anti-competitive practices drive up the cost of repairs and encourage people to throw it out rather than fix it, creating an ever-increasing amount of e-waste. We have two leaders in the fight for your right to repair joining us today. Nathan Proctor is Senior Director of the Campaign for the Right to Repair at the Consumer Advocacy Group, U.S. Perg. He's joining us from Massachusetts. Hello, good to be here. And from California, Elizabeth Chamberlain. She's Director of Sustainability at iFixit, an e-commerce and how-to website. It sells repair parts and publishes online repair guides for consumer electronics and gadgets. Hi there, great to talk with you. You know, Americans have a lot of rights, and you both feel we have the right to repair the products we buy. Obviously, some companies don't feel that way. You buy something, and it breaks or doesn't work right, and so you want to get it fixed. And it turns out that the only people who have access to the necessary parts, tools, and information are the manufacturer. Now, it wasn't long ago before every product that we bought came with a full-service manual and easy-to-find parts And they expected people to fix things, but they're trying to eliminate this. So they can charge us more for repairs and they can get us to replace stuff faster. You know, this same problem happened with cars way back when, until the automakers were forced to let us fix our own cars. I mean, that's exactly right. In 2012, uh, Massachusetts voters passed a ballot measure, which mandated that manufacturers had to share all the necessary tooling and information and and standardize the diagnostic ports so that, you know, regular mechanics could fix every car and the manufacturers couldn't stop them. And and to this day, you know, the auto rights repair movement is still going because with the advent of every new technology comes a new opportunity to restrict repair. And we continually need to fight so that we can just keep fixing stuff. There was actually just a ballot measure which passed in Maine this last year, 86 six percent of the vote so it continues to be an extremely popular thing for voters elizabeth you folks at ifixit see all these products and you were telling me that some of them are designed from the get-go to require servicing by the manufacturer or its authorized agents give us a few examples if you would absolutely yeah so we take apart new gadgets as they come out and we post pictures of the teardowns that we do and we rate products on a repairability scale of zero to ten. Zero being basically impossible to fix ten being very easy to fix and we've seen a lot of real sort of horror stories, and uh, maybe the worst is the the original Microsoft Surface laptop, which had a keyboard cover uh, made of felt, 
and spot welds underneath that. So if you spilled something on your keyboard or you needed to change the battery, you're completely out of luck. Opening up the laptop breaks it, basically. That's the worst example, but really it's a widespread problem. Uh, I was just at CES uh, at the beginning of January and we saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of disposable earbuds. And when I talked to product representatives, they told me that there's no plan for replacing batteries in those products when the earbud battery eventually runs out. The answer is buy a new earbud. That's terrible. Yes. Can you imagine going back 20 years and telling somebody, hey, you want to buy a pair of $400, I mean, some of these are really expensive, $400 headphones. Oh, by the way, they're disposable. People would think you'd lost your mind. No one on earth would buy that product, but now that's all you can buy. This is unacceptable. This is ridiculous. Somebody needs to do something. This is one of those cases where you look around and say there ought to be a law. And you're working on getting a regulation, which we'll talk about very shortly. Elizabeth, you were telling me that some of the smartphone makers go so far as to glue batteries down and computer makers go so far as to add a whole bunch of extra screws in order to make it difficult or impossible to repair the product. Yeah, absolutely. All Apple products, uh, iPhones and Mac laptops are held together with this proprietary screw called the Penelope. Until iFixit reverse engineered the screw head, uh, nobody but Apple repair techs had access to that. So you, you literally could not open those products if you were not an Apple authorized tech. And then absolutely inside products, batteries are often glued down. And you know, there are technical reasons for wanting to glue batteries down, but there are also technical solutions that don't result in it being basically impossible to change the battery. And we think that manufacturers need to find ways to to make their products without locking them into a, a consumable that's going to die in a couple of years. Nathan, what are the arguments that companies use to justify limiting a consumer's right to repair? Besides, we want to make a lot more money. Interestingly enough, they don't actually make that argument, although it would be refreshing a bit of honesty if they did. <laughs> companies often have a range of arguments that I summarize as the benevolent monopoly argument. Like we have restricted your ability to fix this product in order to curate your perfect experience of ownership. And we wouldn't want you to have a bad experience. So we're just going to put a lock on a product that you bought and pretend to own just to make sure that you don't do anything that might hurt your feelings or something. And I, I, yeah, I just don't accept these arguments at all. Like if you sell a product, the person who buys it owns it. And they should be able to do what they want with it. It's not yours anymore. Elizabeth, what about the argument that this is complicated stuff, especially smartphones and computers and big screen TVs and that kind of thing, and people could hurt themselves if they tried to fix it? It's really not that complicated for the most part. We help thousands and thousands of people every day who've never fixed something before fix things themselves. And the most common response we get from customers who are doing that for the first time is, wow, it was way easier than I thought it would be. Manufacturers are trying to make it more difficult, absolutely, by you know using proprietary screws and gluing things in. But it really isn't that hard to do the vast majority of repairs on consumer electronics. And the idea that it's so complicated that the average Joe can't do it is it's just a myth. It's something manufacturers want you to believe. And realistically, it's not that dangerous either. You know, obviously, you should be careful with lithium-ion batteries, which can start fires if they're handled improperly. But the risk is really overblown. Electronics repair is six times safer than the national average job in the U.S. 
and I've changed iPhone batteries, I've changed laptop batteries, I've, I've never seen a battery fire. It's rare, it's not nearly as dangerous as they make it out to be. And what about the fact that some companies tell you you'll null and void the warranty if you work on the product yourself or you don't use their authorized repair shop? Well, that's a violation of federal law. When lawmakers passed the Magnuson Moss Warranty Act in 1975, they put in specific language that says that you cannot condition the warranty on exclusive use of parts or service, you know, so you can't void their warranty if they buy different kinds of batteries or, you know, vacuum cleaner bags or something. And that was to protect service monopolies from forming. Uh, but companies do this all the time. And we did a study that found 45 of the 50, you know, major appliance brands either have directly in their warranty, or if you call their customer service and ask, we'll tell you, yes, if you get this repaired independently, it automatically voids the warranty. And it's a violation of federal law to say that. And the FTC has actually taken a, a number of companies to court with settlements for violating that law. And one argument that I find basically laughable is some high-tech electronics companies say with products like computers, you could create a cybersecurity risk if you work on your own equipment. Cybercrime is targeted at information, right? Not physical hardware by and large. People are trying to steal data. And companies make this kind of weird assertion that once you physically open a product that you're kind of magically opening all of the control and all the data, but that's just not how they build it. The data is encrypted. The tools needed to decrypt data are not repair tools and are, have, are totally unassociated with repair. So it is just a scare tactic to make people afraid of of opening things because that serves the manufacturer's bottom line. When companies really want to make products secure, they can lock customer data away in you know more secure places. Uh, and a, a number of phone manufacturers have introduced a repair mode where when you take something in for repair, you can lock down your personal data, you can lock down your photos and your you know, your access to email and so on, so that repair techs only have access to the functions they need to determine if the repair was effective. Because of all this, consumer advocates want the federal government to step in and require manufacturers to give us the right to repair. U.S. Perg and iFixit have a petition drive underway, hoping to get the Federal Trade Commission to take action. And we're going to talk about that next. I'm Herb Weisbaum, the Consumer Man, and this is Consumerpedia, powered by Checkbook.org. Need some work done on your computer? Checkbook has ratings for dozens of computer repair shops in these metro areas. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis, St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. If you live in or around one of these seven cities and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Get a free 30-day subscription to all our ratings by going to checkbook.org slash consumerpedia. The right to repair movement has been around for a while, but it scored a significant victory with a new law in California recently. Elizabeth, what does the new law do? Uh, the new law makes it so that manufacturers of electronics and appliances will have to make parts, tools, and documentation available to consumers and to independent repair shops. And it goes into effect in the, the middle of this year. And my understanding is that this was actually supported by Apple? Yeah, yeah. They've fought right to repair really hard for a long time. They've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in California, probably millions of dollars nationwide fighting it. But they came on at the last minute uh, and, and worked with us. And it's exciting to have their support. And I think it's a sign of the success of the movement. They knew that they would have to comply in New York and Minnesota, other places that had passed bills last year. And they're willing to make parts, tools and documentation available, which is a big change. 
But clearly, you folks want all consumers protected, which would require federal regulation or action by a federal regulatory agency. Nathan, you think that's the Federal Trade Commission. What do you want the FTC to do? Yeah, I think the FTC has a critical role to play. And uh, so our petition outlines a number of ways the FTC could move the ball forward. You know, I think at a base level, you know, we have some agreement from the at least the consumer technology companies that they should make a basic level of repair information parts available, but they still are finding ways to like prohibit repairs using software or they're doing what we call malicious compliance, finding loopholes in the law to really continue to, to frustrate people's ability to fix their own stuff. And that's why I think the FTC needs to come in with its broad rulemaking power. The other thing, as that we've discussed in a number of different ways, is products are made to be impossible to fix. So the problem is not just that the manufacturers aren't making the tools or the special software available. They just make them so that they're unfixable. And consumers need to be warned about that. We've had enough of this in, in society. So we're asking the FTC to create right to repair scores or like repairability indices where you could tell how well something is made and if it's going to be made to last. I understand you'd like to see this repairability information included on those yellow Energy Star labels. Is that right? Yeah, that's a, that'd be one place to put it. The FTC certainly knows how to you know label critical information for consumers. They manage all kinds of labels. And uh, the energy guide is something that they manage. And why not put some repair score information right there on that label? That's what they're going to do in the EU, where they're moving forward with policy like this. I want to share a few of the more than 500 comments that have already been submitted to the FTC with this petition. And I've asked our announcer, Tracy, to read them for us. Sure. Here we go. The first one is from Alex. I support the right to repair because it gives me, as a consumer, more control over my devices and is better for the planet. I recently broke my iPad screen. The only solution was to go to Apple or an authorized repair site, Best Buy, to have it replaced at a cost higher than purchasing a new device. I'm an electrical engineer and quite handy, but I have no access to buy the parts and make the fix myself. Marianne noted that it wasn't always this way. Companies got us into this problem by making things unfixable on purpose, so they could sell us $900 appliances instead of $9 parts. They can damn well get us out of it. Please protect us from predatory companies who are fleecing Americans and filling landfills with their unfixable crap. And here's what Miguel wrote. It is vital for U.S. citizens to have the right to maintain, repair, modify, and resell the items they purchase. If I can't rescue a $1,000 device that's turned into e-waste because of a 50-cent part, that's a loss for me, for the environment, and for the country. Based on these comments, it's pretty clear that a lot of people are very upset with a current disposable or I can't fix my product system. That's 100% correct. I mean, the polling that we have is that like across all sectors of American society, independents, Republicans, Democrats, everybody has this feeling that stuff is not made like it used to be made. They don't want you to fix it. Everything's disposable and people don't like it. But manufacturers are going to keep doing it because the money's too good. We have to find a way to create new incentives. The system is broken. We've heard a lot from school districts and libraries that bought stuff uh, with COVID funding in the last few years, and they're starting to see that stuff break now and discovering that, you know, without another influx of money to help them fix it, they're just having to trash it all. It's, it's really sad. I did a study that Americans are spending something like $1,700 per household per year on new electronics. 
And if we repaired instead of replaced those products, we could save $382 per family, which totals up some $50 billion per year across American families. So it is very costly to have to replace otherwise fixable stuff. And we really need to figure out a way to get off this disposability treadmill. Nathan, your petition to the FTC also talks about how the current system creates more e-waste, and this is becoming a very serious global problem. Is your belief that if we could fix this stuff instead of chucking it, we'd have a lot less stuff going to the landfill? Yeah, electronic waste is now the fastest growing waste stream in the world. You know, consumers are constantly having this experience where they get a product, something goes wrong with it, and then they quickly learn that there's no way to get it fixed. And so we need to create the expectation that things are fixed by removing those barriers. And we need to create incentives for manufacturers to stop making so much disposable electronics. And electronics are a huge burden on the waste stream. They're full of toxic materials. They take a tremendous amount of raw minerals and materials to satisfy. And we need to stop treating them as disposable ASAP. My favorite way to visualize the problem uh, is that if you took one year of U.S. e-waste and put it on one side of a scale and every single blue whale alive today on the other side, the e-waste would still be heavier. We're just creating an enormous amount of e-waste. It's uh, it's unsustainable. We can't keep going like this. And companies won't make change until we require them to make change. I've had representatives of manufacturers tell me that they are ready to comply with right to repair legislation and regulation. They've got parts, they've got tools, they've got them ready to go, but they won't actually make them available to people unless they're required by law or by regulation. Sure, because why spend the extra money to do that when the competition isn't doing it, right? Exactly. How can people sign the petition and let their voices be heard? Go to ftc.repair.org to sign the petition. And if you want to submit a bigger comment, there's a link there to the FTC docket where you can submit a a PDF with examples. ftc.repair.org is where you want to go. That's right. You know, when it comes to your right to repair, a few companies are really consumer friendly. And we're going to talk about that straight ahead. I'm Herb Weisbaum, and this is Consumerpedia, powered by Checkbook.org. Consumerpedia Fast Facts. The average lifespan of a smartphone sold in the U.S. today is about two and a half years, according to Statista. Damage the back glass on an Apple iPhone 14 Pro, and Apple will charge $499 to repair it, $549 for the iPhone 14 Pro Max. Discarded electronics makes up one of the fastest growing waste streams in the U.S. Less than 20% of these old or broken gadgets are properly recycled. The rest end up in landfills where toxic materials can leach out into the water supply. So we've talked about the companies that make it difficult or impossible for you to fix their products if they break. But Elizabeth, you say there are some companies that are really doing a good job. Tell us about that. Yeah, one of our favorites is this company called Framework Laptop, and they make a a laptop that's designed to be repaired from the start. So they sell it with the one screwdriver you need to take it apart. When you open it up, all of the parts are labeled in English and with QR codes, and those QR codes point to the repair guide that you need to replace that part. And they sell all the parts on their website. They've got a whole repair ecosystem set up for it, including schematics. We're really proud of the work that Framework's doing, and we think that other laptop manufacturers should take inspiration from it. 
Oh, that's wonderful. I remember when I was a kid, if something broke, you took it to the repair shop and had it fixed. You didn't say, well, I'm just going to throw the TV away and get another one. You took it to Mr. Newstein, or he came to your house and fixed it for you. If you guys are successful, is that what we could see? More local repair shops? That's the vision. We know that repair exists in like an ecosystem where you have local repair uh, professionals, you have DIY, and these are local community resources that make our, our society more resilient. One thing is clear, if we don't take action now, there will be no local repair left because it's been kind of a multi-decade you know, approach from these manufacturers to really undermine and eliminate these small mom and pop local repair shops. So I'm the kind of guy who can't really fix anything. I have a hard time changing a battery, but I would love to take it to the local repair shop down the street when something breaks. Elizabeth, for people who are the do-it-yourselfer kind, how can I fix it help them? Tell us what you do on your website and how you can make this easier to do. So we sell parts and we make uh, step-by-step repair manuals with pictures for how to do all kinds of repairs, everything from toasters to tractors. And we try to be as clear as we possibly can. And our guides are all wiki editable. So our our community helps make sure that if there are things that are different and different versions of a product, our our guides continue to be up to date. iFixit.com, put in whatever product you're looking to repair, and we quite likely have guides for it. So what do you do? Do you like reverse engineer the product and figure out how to fix it? Or do the companies cooperate with you or what? Some of both, actually. Historically, we take things apart. We write guides for them. We've got a team of technical writers that does that. In the last few years, we've started working directly with some major manufacturers to create repair guides for them, create their official repair guides. So we're the official parts partner for Google Pixel phones and Samsung Galaxy phones and a a number of other major manufacturers. So in those cases, we do have product engineers weighing in directly on our guides as we write them. And where do you get the parts from? Do these come from the manufacturers or do you have independent companies that manufacture these parts? Uh, it's the same split. So in some cases, so Samsung Galaxy and Google Pixel, for instance, we have original manufacturer parts. And then we also have lots and lots of other parts for devices where we, we don't have any relationship with the manufacturer. So what about people who are worried or have heard that if they fix the product themselves or take it to a non-authorized repair shop, they may void the warranty? Do they need to be worried about that? No, they have a consumer right under Magnus and Moss to seek the repair person of their choice without endangering their warranty. And this is written right into the law. The company who issues the warranty is not allowed to condition your warranty on exclusive use of their parts or services. If somebody tells you that, you know, they're not going to honor your warranty anymore, you know, because you opened the product, tell them they have to back off because that's not true. And if they insist, you can go to reportfraud.ftc.gov and file a complaint with the FTC. So if you're having warranty work done, that's going to be done for free by the manufacturer. You take it back to them or one of their authorized shops. But if you're trying to do work on your own, they can't tell you the warranty is void because you're doing it on your own. Correct. Hyundai has tried to tell people who went to Valvoline before that they lose their 100,000 mile powertrain warranty because they used Valvoline oil change. And the FTC and the courts have said, no, you can't do that. You can't condition your warranty on exclusive use of your parts and services. That's an illegal violation of that warranty law. So before we go, the deadline for signing on the FTC petition is February the 2nd. One more time, tell people why you think it's important that they sign on and how they go about doing that. The FTC needs to hear from consumers and from independent repair folks exactly why 
we need this kind of right to repair regulation. We need a big show of support to make it so that they can get this done. We, we know that the FTC will be hearing from these big companies about why it's dangerous or why consumers really don't want repairable products. It's just, you know, ne'er-do-wells like Liz and I trying to convince them that they do. They need to hear from you. And this is our chance to really make the case to these regulators that right to repair is popular and it's essential. But we can't do that unless people take the time, indicate their support, and tell their stories. And one more time, where do we go? You can go to ftc.repair.org. Nathan, Elizabeth, thanks for spending time with us today. This was very, very informative. Always. Thank you. Well, that's it for this edition of Consumerpedia. We hope you'll rate this episode and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, we release new episodes every other Thursday. Another way you can support this show is to follow us on Consumerpedia on Facebook and Instagram and at MyConsumerpedia on Twitter. I'm Herb Weisbaum. Thanks for listening. Consumerpedia is a public service of Checkbook.org. We're a unique nonprofit that helps you save money and make smarter choices. You can count on Checkbook to help you find the best services and avoid the worst with local ratings that are accurate and unbiased. If you live in or around these seven cities and haven't joined Checkbook yet, check us out. Boston, Chicago, Philadelphia, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis-St. Paul, and Washington, D.C. To get your free 30-day subscription, go to checkbook.org consumerpedia. If you like what you've heard, we hope you'll become a supporter by using the link at the bottom of the show notes to make a small contribution each month. Consumerpedia, empowering consumers to save money and make smarter choices. <laughs>